Ever wish you had friends to walk with? Today on the Weekly Walk Podcast, Eric and I are going to talk about why it is that walking with other people is so awesome. And we're also going to talk about how to go about finding friends with whom to walk. The answer, because I'll give you the end of the story at the beginning, is you're going to have to go first. If you want to learn what that means and explore how to build your friendships through walking, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. remember the first wait 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 you have to say hey eric very tired <laughs> okay i'm very ready tired. okay take two yeah hey eric hey joyce do you remember the day that we first wait <laughs> what i didn't say it like a question i always say it more questioning i said it like a greeting try again okay hey eric hey joyce <laughs> was that good yeah now we can start okay do you remember the first time we talked about creating a, a company or a business, a mission around encouraging people to walk together? Yeah, it was that conversation we had on vacation. We were walking on the path that runs along the beach in Hawaii, and we had this whole conversation and really came up with it. Is that that's your first memory? That is my first memory. You have forgotten then the very first conversation. I have. Yeah, so I can't believe you don't remember this. So I had a practice of walking with a few of my friends on a pretty regular basis. and You still do. I still do. And I, I, you really, I don't know, I guess you were sort of seeing how much I enjoyed that, how much I got out of that, how good it was for my, my mood and my social connections and all the things. Anyway, I came home from a walk with a couple of friends and you were sitting on the steps of the front porch with a cup of coffee. And you said, you know, I think there's something to this walking thing. And I was like, yeah, it's great. And you said, no, I think there's some kind of business and mission and work that we can do around, I don't know, getting people to walk together. And I was like, Nah. <laughs> <laughs> How long before our vacation was this? I don't remember. It was I. It was in the summer, and we went to Maui in the summer. Yes. So it was shortly before I okay. think. And and I didn't really see it, and you didn't have real clarity around what it might look like. But you were like, I think there's something to this. And then we took that long walk on Maui, where we really talked about what that could look like, and how that could, how we could bring that to life. Hmm. So I don't remember that first conversation. I remember the second one. And as I sort of alluded to, to this day, like walking with your girlfriends is always good for you. Yeah, I just got a text message this moment as I, maybe it maybe it'll come through actually on the on the podcast recording. But I suspect that was Helen seeing if we want to if I want to walk this afternoon. Ping. <laughs> So what is it about walking together that is so good to help forge connections and make friendships? So the, the first thing is just it's a shared experience. 
People like shared experiences. And shared experiences is sort of what friendships are made of. You know, I think of some of some of my best friends and I can think of all these experiences that we had together. And that's, I would almost say the foundation of our friendship is these shared experiences. I really think that we underestimate the power of shared experiences in forming relationships and building friendships. Well, well, that was like when we moved. So 10 years ago, we moved and our son was entering seventh grade and he was, he was not doing well. <laughs> and he came home and he would come home and mostly he'd talk to you because I sort of was like, suck it up, buttercup nicer than that but not much not much nicer uh, than that not much and he would say you know that everybody's nice but they all have these shared experiences they all went to elementary school together and i never know what the heck they're talking about so you went out and started making some shared experiences making uh, making, making memories making memories with with some friends who to this day are some of our mason's best friends and the dads that i did some stuff with are, are some of my good friends so that those things that happen when you share experiences, and there are kind of two pieces to it. There's the repetition of just sharing time and sharing experience. And then stuff happens from time to time. You know, I remember the day that Helen's dogs got attacked and we had to fight back this dog that attacked her beautiful golden retrievers. And now you have a story and a shared experience and a memory and yeah. And it's so interesting, actually, because not all of the shared experiences that create those kinds of memories are necessarily good ones. You know, isn't there, uh, there's an expression or something, you know, when crappy things happen when you're out having an adventure and people are like, well, it's going to make a good story. That, that's half my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's your version of going out and having fun with the guys. The actual experience is arduous and not fun, but the memory or the story is great. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so shared experience, that's really one key element of why walking with other people is really valuable. Another is the need for undistracted time. Right, because you're not pulling out your phone generally while you're on this walk together. You're just focused on the walking. And you've talked about this before, and even if you're not fully engaged in conversation, it's just easier to walk and be quiet than it is to like meet for a cup of coffee and be quiet. So you get that undistracted time uh, to, to connect. And we are super distracted these days. You know, there's this study that I think is really interesting. If you ask parents of teenagers, what do you think your kids want most from you? The answer is like money or to be left alone, <laughs> right? Isn't that kind of like my teenagers just, they want to borrow the car and they want to be left alone. But uh, I can't remember who did the study, but the research was done. And it turns out that even teenagers, what they want most from their parents is undistracted time. And on the one hand, that's positive and encouraging. And on the other hand, it's kind of sad, right? That our teenagers are not getting undistracted time with us. We need to give our teenagers more undistracted time. Yeah. All right, what do you want to do about that? 
uh, we we have to see our teenagers more. I think that's that's a big part of it. But we'll we'll get there. But we digress. Well, we don't really digress because here's what I know: when Maddie wants time with us, if we finish dinner and I say, "Let's take a walk. Let's take Moose for a walk." We have a perfect mile. You go out our front door, you walk a half a mile, turn around and come back, a little bit of a hill, not a lot of traffic. It's perfect. And 50% of the time, she'll say no thanks. But on the moments when she's craving time with us, she'll throw on a pair of sneakers and come with us. And that's on her. All we do is create that opportunity. And if we said, hey, Maddie, do you want to talk? for 15 minutes, one-on-one -on -one with us? Do you want to sit down and just talk? She'd be like, heck no. Two-on-one. Two-on-one, what'd I say? One-on-one. -on -one. Oh, one-on-one -on -one with us, right? That doesn't make any sense. But, right. so, but if I give her that opportunity, do you want to take a walk? Sometimes she says no. Right. But sometimes she says yes. And I'm telling you, she's not in it for the mile walk. Nope. And the same goes not walking, but sometimes she'll do it. Um, like if I'm going to the store, like I, if I'm running an errand and driving somewhere, I would say 70% of the time when I say anyone want to come, it's a no, but every now and then it's a yes. So just sort of putting that opportunity out there, you never know what's going to happen. So everybody, and listen, this doesn't just go for teenagers. People want your undistracted time. Yeah, and I find when the guys go walking as well, Michael or Ed and myself, that when we walk together, we've had some of the deepest conversations when we're walking as opposed to hanging out at a barbecue at someone, in someone's backyard. Uh, those conversations don't tend to be nearly as, as insightful or, or deep, I guess, as when we're walking. And that goes to something else, going back again to our teenagers. One of the magic, magical things about walking with somebody is that you're shoulder to shoulder. And we've said it before, but there is some, a piece of advice out there that you should treat your teenagers like wild animals and don't look them in the eye. Which goes to, you know, I was talking about going for a little drive, which is also shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> right. People often say that they have the best conversations with their kids when they're shoulder to shoulder. But I think that also applies to humans and not to stereotype, Wait, but... Kids aren't humans? <laughs> I mean, adults. <laughs> Some kids are barely human. Some I gotta kids say. are barely human. Sometimes our kid is barely human. <laughs> um, adults as well. And I don't. I don't want to stereotype, but there's part of me that thinks maybe. And you tell me what you think, because I don't know. But that maybe it applies even more so to guys. Like guys don't get a lot of undistracted time with other guys, and that sort of shoulder to shoulder thing probably works pretty well for men too. Yeah, even the other day, uh, we were playing pickleball at a friend's house, and there were a group of guys sitting around, and I went over to join the conversation, and rather than sitting facing the guys to have a conversation, like, I sat down next to one of them. <laughs> it's side, side to side, and that was 
that was what I was comfortable with. And I, I didn't give it any thought. It wasn't a thoughtful act, but it was just sort of naturally what I did. I wonder if there's some like alpha thing that goes on around that, you know, or people, certain people just sort of have that alpha thing, like eye to eye, somebody's got to be the big dog. Mm, probably. So walking shoulder to shoulder, you don't get that. You don't get that. Okay. And then, of course, you get all the mood-boosting benefits of walking, the increase in your happy hormones, the benefits of being out in nature. I mean, all of these really valuable, magical things happen when you walk with somebody. So serotonin, is that one? And serotonin and dopamine uh, and endorphins, all of those fire up. And there's some evidence to show that oxytocin, which is your connection hormone, also fires up when you walk together. But, and, you know, the dopamine horm uh, hormones, so that's your sort of reward. Well, you know, the most recent research on dopamine says it's more of a motivation it's really about driving you to do the thing, not necessarily getting the reward. Because if you think about it, once you get the reward, you're done. So it's actually the dopamine that makes you keep pulling the arm on the slot machine. Mm. It's the thing that keeps you going, which makes it even more important for this idea of what you're going to, which is... Yeah, forging that connection and... And, and doing it again. Positive experience, right, and doing it again. And uh, it was, it's... Funny, the power of maybe it's the serotonin, maybe it's the dopamine, but this also happened recently with my coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know where we're going with the coffee mug uh, and the walking, but I, I'm with you. I'm right here. So there's also research that drinking coffee and the ritual and the caffeine releases the happy hormones. I and, love it so and much. Pleasure and so well, I can't. I'm already oh, thinking about my my first cup of coffee tomorrow morning. Yeah. I can't wait. And you have your favorite mug. I had my favorite mug. Which your was, blue one was the blue one, but the blue one was in my car for like two weeks. I sort of didn't That's know where it was. That's a long time. So I went with my second favorite mug, which is my white one. But now it's become my favorite mug. Aw, little white mug. Uh, there's no particular reason, but I just sort of feel drawn to it because I associate it with the pleasure of my morning cup of coffee. And that's sort of what happens when you walk with people. <laughs> it's a little bit of a reach, but I'm getting it. But do you know, do you know what a fabulous wife I am? Uh, I do. Excellent. Do you know why, what I mean in context, in this context? Uh, yes, actually, now that you mentioned it, you actually used to bring me coffee in my blue mug if you got up first in the morning, which is most mornings. And lately, you've been bringing it in my white mug. So you noticed that. I did. <laughs> I just noticed that your white mug is now your favorite. It's very funny how that happens. And your and blue thank mug you. is... You're welcome. So... This is the real question, though. I mean, I hope that everybody's convinced walking together is great, but I really want us to try to address what we say to the people who are like, well, I don't have a Diana and a Helen and an Anne-Marie to walk with. So how do I find those people? How do I make walking friends? Move to where we live. And, and walk with us. And walk with us. Any other ideas? Ah, uh, yes. This is something that we've said before which is go first. 
it's scary to go first. It is scary to go first, but... Well, what do you mean in this context, actually? So be the one who asks people. But what if they say no? Yeah, they might. And then move on to someone else and... But they'll re if I, they say no, they're rejecting me. <laughs> and I'll feel bad. They're just... You have to realize they're just rejecting that walk. They may have other commitments. And rejection is not generally a bad thing like you get rejection over it feels bad i know but we all get rejected so get over it well, <laughs> this is this is a little bit like when he told our son to suck it off buttercup yeah a little bit a little, uh, little bit of tough love there from eric but I, if somebody if you invite somebody for a walk and they turn you down it can mean one of several things as you say it could mean that they're busy it can mean that they don't think they like to walk. Notice I didn't say they don't like to walk because I think everybody likes to walk once they discover the power of walking. But nevertheless, they don't think they do. It's not interesting to them. So they're wrong, but... Or maybe they're not actually interested in hanging out with you. <gasps> well, you walked with some people last summer that you were not interested in walking with. Yeah, I sort of feel bad about... I, I guess this puts me on the other side of this story. Um, but let me, before I talk, before I share a little bit of that story, uh, there are people out there that don't like me. Like a fair number of them. Yes. What do you, what do you mean, yes? There's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, I'm teasing. Uh, there are a few. Uh, it's just, I uh, happens. Same with me. Same with pretty much everybody. Same with pretty much everyone. And listen, Here's the thing, not to get all whatever, whatever about it, but if you like yourself and you are living true to yourself and there are some people out there who don't dig that, that's got to be okay. Yeah, tough noogies. You're all big into the tough love today. Uh, I am. So, yeah, so uh, last summer, or maybe it was the summer before, I started walking with these two women and they're so interesting. They've lived these really interesting, successful lives. I mean, one of them I have like a little bit of a, I idolize a little bit, like her background and everything, everything she's done and accomplished. She's sort of a celebrity kind of person. And after like three or four walks, I came back from one of those walks and I was like, I just didn't enjoy that at all. And when I walk with my friends at the end of a walk, I feel full. I feel uplifted. And I know that's putting a lot on a walk, but I really do. I end the walk feeling bad. And I just didn't feel good. I didn't enjoy the conversation. It, it was, And that was the end of it. There's nothing wrong with these two women. Nothing in the world wrong with these two women. Yep. They're just not for me. So take the chance, take the risk, go first. And I would say to people, oh, remember the group of women who used to walk after drop-off when we dropped Mason at elementary school? No. I have no memory of that. Oh, so there was this group of women. They were like the cool moms. I was not the <laughs> cool mom. They would drop their kids, and they would go take like a two- or three-mile walk, and then they'd go for coffee. They never invited me. I never invited myself. I had to work anyway, but, I, you know, I could have gone into work a little late. Like, I could have if they invited me. I was so envious of that little ritual and routine. I have no memory of that. Yep, it happened. I'm sorry. It was all right. I would have invited you. 
So the only way, unless you, you know, we say this to our daughter all the time, like, you got to go first. And you also have to say yes. <laughs> if someone does ask you, you got to say yes. You got to say yes. And you have a policy pretty much that if anyone asks you to go for a walk and you don't have a fixed appointment of some kind, you'll say yes. I, and that's that's a fact. And I will say yes, regardless of whether or not I feel like it. Because nine times, nine and a half times out of 10, I'm glad that I, 10 times that, well, I don't know, I would say more than nine times out of 10. Usually I'm happy I did it. <laughs> I end the walk feeling better. I said yes the other day. What'd you say yes to? Somebody reached out to me out of the blue and asked if I wanted to work out with a bunch of guys. Strangers. I, I didn't know a single guy. There must have been uh, six, seven, eight guys there. Didn't know one of them, but any of them, but one of them said, hey, you want to come work out with us? Because you're like a little little bit of a celebrity now. A little CrossFit bit. Games guy. A little bit. So I said yes, and I had a perfectly fun workout met some nice guys had some conversations so yeah and it, it was definitely out of my comfort zone so where can you find opportunities to invite people for walks that's really the question and you got to start looking for them so it occurs to me that a really good place to do something like that for many people could be ready is my idea of the week. Okay. Post-church walks. No. Oh. Bring comfortable shoes. Yes. Well, you know, interesting. I mean, people do dress for church, uh, but some people don't dress for church. You know, we went to uh, church services with Sean when mm. Sean Drumgold was here with us, um, and that was a very casual yes. group. Um, and services at our synagogue are very casual. Definitely walking shoes. You can show walking up in walking clothes. shoes. And that, of course, that depends. But nevertheless, you can go home and change. But this idea of taking some place where people gather, be it school, drop off, whatever it is, when your kids are into gymnastics, invite one of the other moms. Remember when we used to sit and watch Maddie do gymnastics? I could have walked with Bonnie every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we... Uh, I actually, we see this all the time in the 99 Walks group where people will say, I dropped my son off for baseball practice and instead of just sitting there, I walked 3.7 miles around the park. You guys, ask another person to join you. And then the other thing is it's, it's habit stacking. So if you want to build your own practice and get other people to do it. And if you're looking for consistency, stacking it on top of church or your kids sports routines is a, is a great way to, you know, build and reinforce your walking practice and a great way to invite friends. Cause there's going to be other people there. There's going to be other uh, moms with their kids at the baseball game and ask them if they want to come, Hey, I'm going for a walk. Anybody want to come? Sounds scary, but totally doable. So look for the places in your life where you see people on a somewhat regular basis. Look for the people in your life you'd like to connect with. It is definitely easier 
I believe, to say, do you want to take a walk than it is to say, do you want to go out for lunch? Do you want to come to my house for dinner? Now, that's really scary. That's really putting yourself out there. I'd like to have at least a few walks under my belt before I did that. Exactly. Where else can you start to build these walking groups and walking well, friends? There are existing walking groups. And there are? Yes, there are probably thousands of them all over the country. So places, uh, you can find them on your local Facebook page for your town or meetup.com. Is meetup.com still a thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, still a thing. And we're doing some lace-up-and-go events, we call them, just casual walking meetups. And, yeah, just sort of look for them. So we are really working on building these connections and really getting back to our true mission of encouraging people to walk together. And as Eric said, like we just launched these Lace Up and Goes. We're inviting every PAC member to create a little walking group in her community. There's, there's, no, there's no money in it. There's no, it's just, let's all get on board with this mission. And here's the thing. If you're a Lace Up and Go leader, now you have a really good reason to start inviting friends and associates and people you know. And you just do it by text. <laughs> like it's 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 risk light. You know, if someone says no to your face, that's one thing. If someone says no to a phone call or on a phone call, that's another. If they say no over text, it's like just that much easier to just roll with it and move on to the next one. So the other thing that we're moving into is 5K season. And I personally have gotten groups of people together to walk for a 5K. So many 5Ks have a charitable component, especially if they're local. Yeah, you can get behind these kinds of local charities. You know, Katie's Run. So Katie was a, a young girl who died of cancer many years ago. Uh, and it's, it's the Katie's Courage 5K. And it's very popular in our community. It raises a ton of money for research and people want to come out for it. So yeah, ask someone, hey, do you want to go to the blankety blank 5K run walk and walk with me? And even if people don't, or if you don't have anybody to ask, if you go to the event and it's local to your community, odds are you're going to know people. I mean, we, we can't go to a 5K without knowing uh, at least a handful of people. Well, the other opportunity, that's true, but the other, and the, and, the, yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. The other opportunity that that presents is if walking a 5K or a 10K is somewhat new to you, you can actually train for it and practice it with your little walking group, right? So if you create this group, if you encourage and invite some people to walk with you at an upcoming 5K, uh, you can plan a couple of practice walks and just sort of get into that habit and routine. So, yeah, lots of lots of different ways you can find people locally, but you can also reach out and touch someone. <laughs> yeah, so walking and talking with somebody by phone is not nearly as good as walking in person. I'm just putting it out there. It's just not. It's not. But... 
it's so much better than you think it's going to be. Yeah, having a, a phone conversation while you're walking is going to give you both time to connect, catch up, and be not be distracted. So I have had an old friend, uh, my friend Allison, and we traveled to China together when we all went to China to adopt our daughter, Madeline, and their daughter, Leah. And Allison and Gordon and family, I don't think, unless they were in Hawaii or Alaska, I don't think they could live further from us. Like they couldn't be harder to get to. Because they're all the way on the opposite coast, on the west coast, and then you have to like backtrack you a gotta couple drive, hours. Right. So we have to drive two hours to the airport, fly across the country, and then drive another two hours back east. So as a result of that, as much as we adored them, we didn't see them for 15 years. Wow. And Allison and I reconnected actually via 99 walks, and we started scheduling walk and talks together. And she was British, so she had that great accent. And oh, it was so nice to connect, reconnect with her. And I just immediately remembered how all the reasons why I liked her so <laughs> much. Um, and then we did manage to get together in person and get the kids together and just had a wonderful week together. Um, and this has become really very meaningful to me because Allison died of breast cancer this year. And if we had not reconnected, if we had not had all of those walk and talks together, I would have missed out on a very special relationship with a very, very special person. So all you got to do is find those people in your life who you love, who you want to reconnect with. I'm, now, as I'm talking, I'm running through a list in my mind of people who I haven't been able to see in person for whatever reason. And I want to schedule some walk and talks with them. Yeah, that would that would be awesome. So the the moral of the story, as they say, or the the takeaway is whether it's via phone or in person or at an event, like the takeaway is go first.